You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour or more, the bomb is armed. If it drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? What do you do? Well, what we're going to do, Roger, is talk about Speed, the 1994 surprise hit in Hollywood and around the world. Directed by Yann de Bont and starring Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, and many, many stars such as Dennis Hopper, Jeff Daniels, and Joel Moulton, which is one of my favourites, kind of supporting actor. Yeah, and, and of course, we've been making references to speed all the way through this podcast, supersonic, 50 miles an hour, and all of that sort of thing. And again, it's it's genuinely one of those films where, again, you're on the edge of your seat pretty much all the way through the film. I think once it gets started, and it gets started pretty quickly, you know, within the first five minutes, you're right into the action. It never really stops for one minute to let you catch your breath. So it lives up to its name immediately with that whole speed idea. And you know what? what is interesting is that it's a film that feels, looks and sounds like the 90s. And it is mm-hmm. to be watched, therefore, with that nostalgia in mind. Um, you and I sometimes ask ourselves the question, how would it work with a lo- younger audience? Because, of course, they've been used to something more current and, and modern. But um, I have to say, you know, as part of uh, this podcast, I was re- reminiscing about, you know, speed. I went to sit at the movies and I was blown away, you know, by, by the storyline and the action. And I had the VHS cassette with me for, for years and watched it at least once or twice a year. It was kind of the guilty pleasure, but also it's just a good film. And the acting is excellent. The the tension and, you know, it's very believable as well. And, and I think that um, the, the, the filmmakers did a very good job. Yeah, absolutely right. And I mean, it's simple premise. You know, there's a bomb on this bus, (laughs) and if the bus goes lower than 50 miles an hour, it's going to explode. And and that's a simple concept to get your head around. But then on top of that, you've got to layer on the fact that it takes place in Los Angeles and all the traffic congestion that you have in Los Angeles. So the possibility of keeping a bus going above 50 miles an hour with all that traffic that's what made it scary because, oh my God, you know, there's a, there's a traffic jam up ahead. We've got to dive off the freeway. And then they dive off the freeway and they find that you know, there's a lorry in the way and they've got to scream round a corner. And it's just those, you know, it's a simple idea, but they keep putting these hurdles in front of these poor people. And, and as I say, it almost becomes quite, quite scary and quite tiring to watch it because it's like one thing after another. And people say that, of course, when you watch it with a twenty twenty kind of uh, you know audience mindset, it can cause it can be quite lame as a storyline and action. But even when you look at the body count, I mean, this is a violent film, mm. you know, uh, in terms of action. So the bad guy, um, Dennis Hopper, who plays the role of Howard Payne, you very kindly read his uh, kind of line, you know, and 
I think for years afterwards, people kept going on pop quiz hot shot around the office and, uh, yes. and you know, with their mates around the pub. But I think the um, the villain is is menacing. You know, he's, he's kind of obviously lost the plot completely. Um, but also, it was just in you know, the relationship between you know Keanu Reeves and and Sandra Bullock, who plays obviously um, Annie, and he plays you know, which I think is a wonderful '90s hero's name, Jack Traven. I mean, if you call yes. Jack Traven, you will do well in a film like Speed. Absolutely. It's like Baz Ingram, isn't it? It's just it's, it's a fabulous name. And, you know, the pop quiz hotshot thing, I, I don't think this film is flawless. And and actually, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm always a big fan of, of setting things up in films and making things that happen early on in the film relevant to things that happen mm. later. But I did think, you know, it, it very at the very part of the first start of the, of the film, um, the the baddie Dennis Hopper actually puts a bomb in an elevator. That's the first introductory scene, and you've you've got um, you've got Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels arriving in this tower block to to try and get the people out of the the elevator. And all of a sudden, Jeff Daniels just suddenly goes into this pop quiz hot shot. You're you're in an airport and you've got a hostage. What do you do? What do you do? And Jack Traven says, "Oh, I would shoot the hostage." And I thought, oh, that's a very interesting conversation that they're having. Where did that come from? <laughs> and literally, you know, 10 minutes later, as Dennis Hopper's trying to get out the building, he manages to take Jeff Daniels hostage and he's backing away. And Keanu Reeves is there and Jeff Daniels just goes, shoot the hostage, shoot the hostage. And of course, that's how they get out of it. And I just thought mm, that setup just felt to me to be a little bit clunky. You know, maybe set it up and then the payoff is an hour and a half later at the end of the movie. But mm. a setup and then a payoff within about five minutes did feel a little bit like bad scripting to me. But hey, the rest of the film's fantastic. And you know, I remember when I went on the screenwriting course, um, I was told by the the tutor, "Be horrible to your characters." And my yeah. God, that <laughs> film has really gone through the same school or, or lesson because you're right. You know, once um, the character Jack Traven is on board of the bus, uh, interestingly, the bus uh, number twenty twenty five, which you add the numbers together, makes fifty. Um, there's just relentless obstacles and and kind of you know false attempts and and whatever and I think some people may not have seen the, the film so we're not going to let uh, the the ending you know we're not going to reveal the ending in this podcast but I think what what is interesting is that uh, and that's something we'll come on to in a moment is that when you watch it for the first time you just don't know how they're going to get out of this one you kind of have a sense of course they're going to win it's going to get a girl at the end they're going to kiss but in terms of how they're going to do it even when they have an attempt that, and they have a solution that seems plausible, there's something that happens. There's like debris on the road that makes, you know, the bus uh, via a course. There's um, obviously um, red herrings and false information sent by Dennis Hopper's character, which means that, you know, the uh, the SWAT team is going to wild goose chase and so on. And in the, in the space of two hours, they packed so much. I mean, I think you're right. Apart from when they celebrate, obviously the fight that um, you know Jeff Daniels uh, escaped alive, albeit being shot in the leg, and they are at the bar celebrating, and the character played by Joe Morton warns Keanu Reeves that you know this was luck, be more careful next time. Everything else is just full on action and explosions. Absolutely, and and just to because this again coincidentally this podcast episode has had a lot of references to aircraft and things like that but don't forget that the very final part of the bus seg segment of the film actually takes place at los angeles international airport lax mm. you know they f they solve the problem 
of of uh, traffic congestion by actually taking the bus and driving around the runways at LAX. Uh, and it, so, yeah, you know, they, they use the location phenomenally well uh, with this film. And, and you're absolutely right, relentless from start to finish. So what what marketing lessons are we learning from Speed? Oh, do you know, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, to begin with, this was 1994. Remember, yep. only three years after people could get quick time to watch color videos. <laughs> we mentioned a moment ago. So I think the marketing was very traditional in terms of the, what they did. The um, 20th Century Fox, who were the producers and distributors, wanted to keep it safe and do the diehard type um, marketing, which I think uh, you know wasn't very wise. I mean, many years had, moved, had passed from diehard, but they just didn't know what to make of it. So in terms of marketing, marketing lessons for all of us and content creators. One thing that Speed does very well, and obviously, you know, we must credit, you know, Jan de Bond and his uh, cinematographer, is the use of color. You know, mm -hmm. the movie Speed mm -hmm. has a strong color identity, which is the use of blue and red. And if you're interested, all of you, go back and watch Speed. A, you're going to have a, a blast, but also look for the blues and the reds, which is why, oddly, the poster is out of step. Because mm. the poster has reds and, and oranges to sell the explosion, but actually the identity and the and the, the branding of the movie are, are blue and red throughout. And I think that that's um, a, a good lesson for all of us to begin with, Roger. Yeah, and do you know, Pascal, I, I'm going to have to go back and watch this film again. Now, I, I have to admit that because we get so excited about the films that we talk about on this show, I pretty much always go and watch the film again uh, after we've recorded this episode, unless it's a film which I haven't seen for a while and I have to watch it before. But ma mainly I'll just watch it again because we get so excited. But I've never noticed that colour thing before about this film so i'll be definitely looking out for it next time and i guess the second lesson is 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 just getting the best team possible to work on it you know joss, we joss whedon wrote the dialogue uh the original screenplay by graham yost he also wrote broken arrow Band oh, of i love Brothers. that film yeah uh, broken arrow is a good one and john wright who's the editor you know 13th warrior apocalypto and mark Mac mancina Sorry, I, I, I pronounced that badly, but Con Air, Bad Boys, Training Day, all, you know, heavily action film orientated. So, yeah, and if, I, if, you, if you watch Speed again, you know, now, having watched, you know, the one you mentioned, like Bad Boys in particular and Con Air, um, you, you hear it's a bit like John Williams and Hans Zimmer and all the others, you know, there's a signature. And when you watch Speed, you hear. The undertone of bad boys in, in the mm. film, which is kind of, but you're right, it's about the team. So, uh, as a content creator, you know, know your place, know your strength. Now, interestingly, Jan de Bond really started his career as a cinematographer. Indeed, mm. he worked with uh, John McTinnon on Die Hard, that was yes. reviewed by you and I recently. He also worked on Black Rain, he, he worked on The Hunt for Red October. But when he took on the role of director, he didn't also do the cinematography, he got Andrei Bartowiak to do that for him. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's also an important when you become the project manager, so to speak, or the content director, don't try and double up on or, or step back into you know your comfort zone. Let others do what you would normally do because you have different duties on this occasion. Yeah. And what was remarkable, again, we've said, is this, the actual basis of the story was really quite simple, wasn't it? That it's a bus and if it goes below 50 miles an hour, it'll blow up. And yet, despite the simplicity of the premise, they constantly threw all these obstacles at the cast. And in a way, it was almost like a, 
even though it's a movie, it could almost have been one of those very old 1930s um, cliffhanger serials, couldn't it? Because literally, like every five to ten minutes, you get a cliffhanger or another obstacle or another problem to solve. And then once you think, oh, thank goodness we've solved that, then there's another cliffhanger. Now imagine chunking it up into into a into a series of fifteen minute episodes. You could just see it working like that. Well, I think I never thought of that, but you're right. And I can't imagine, you know, what um, when they sat down, you know, as they always do to do the first reading with the directors and producers, and you're the actors, and you turn the page, and you don't know what's coming next. And you must have thought, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. we know that um, Keanu Reeves was so excited, particularly once he saw the second revision when Josh Whedon, as you mentioned, got involved. The dialogues were m- much improved, mm-hmm. but he thought, I'm going to do as much of the action as possible, you know. And and I think that also pays off because we see a lot of him do the action and uh, he got himself in real shape for that and that was maybe why he led to him doing John Wick and all the others because he just got hooked on on doing the action scenes as well. Yeah now we don't normally do this Pascal in this section (laughs) um, but let's just talk very briefly about the sequel to Speed which uh, came out a few years later. Um, it didn't have Keanu Reeves in it. I think Sandra Bullock was the only yeah. person who, who managed to come across. But it was Speed 2, mm-hmm. and yet they managed to set it on a boat. Now, however fast a boat can be, <laughs> you just cannot convey the same aggression and the same genuine speed as you can with a land-based vehicle. And I always remember, I, I actually think that's one of the few films that I've bailed on and not watched the ending because it was just like the antithesis of speed. What would that be, sloth? It was just, <laughs> it was just utterly dreadful and they should never have even bothered to try and make it. No, uh, I, it was so disappointing. I think all of us, you know, be, uh, because we're inspired, encouraged by, you know, how exciting the first one was, we went there. But I think by then we've learned, you know, now, nowadays, you know, 30 years later, uh, we've learned that uh, when the lead characters are not in the main story, it's not worth going. It's just the studios trying to, you know, essentially um, jump on the bandwagon. Uh, they, it was very, very poor. Um, because to that point, you know, speed is a, is a one that people talk about all the time. I mean, last mm. year, of course, was the 25th anniversary of speed and the media mm. around the world, you know, um, obviously the, the Blu-ray box that was released and so on and so forth. I don't think speed two will have the, the same treatment. I thought uh, I would um, close this discussion on speed, which could last much longer, as is always the case with film marketing, with uh, a comment made by the Hollywood Reporter um, when the movie was released. Um, So the um, journalist at the time had seen the movie, and it's something that I think is very, very telling. So he said, there should be traffic jams at the box office as Fox picks up many busloads of riders for its fast and furiously entertaining thriller speed. Fast and furiously entertaining thriller speed. Could we suggest that Speed in 1994 planted the seed for the Fast and Furious franchise, or are we stretching it a bit? You never know. You never know. I actually think there might be some truth in what you're saying there. Somebody watched Speed, and a whole new franchise was born out of that experience. So... 
This is the end of episode 21 of Two Geeks and Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Please leave comments, feedback, and suggestions in the usual places. Until the next one, make sure that your marketing is done right. I was Pascal Fintoni and he was Roger Edwards. This was Two Geeks and the Marketing Podcast. We've got to go. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates.